Silicon Valley is more important than Washington DC in your daily life, and that scares politicians, mostly because they do not understand how the internet works. Roll tape. On the uh, internets. It's, it's a series of tubes. I don't want them using our internet. We should be able to penetrate the internet and find out exactly where ISIS is and everything about ISIS. So how many data categories do you store? Does Facebook store on the categories that you collect? Senator, I'm not actually sure what that is referring to. <clears throat> Mr. Zuckerberg, I come in peace. Um, I, I don't want to vote to have to regulate Facebook. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in this hearing today. I just don't feel like that we're connecting. I think you're a really smart guy, and you've done a lot of good. Some of the things that you've been able to do are magical. But our, our promised digital utopia, we have discovered, has minefields. There, there are some impurities in the Facebook punch bowl. Right now, if you Google the word idiot under images, a picture of Donald Trump comes up. I just did that. And how does search work? The threat that information or censorship poses to politicians is not lost on them, even if how the internet works is. Because of this, everyone on the left, right, or center has their own solution on what to do with big tech. Now, we should put the issue on trial by reason. I am your host, Benjamin Rodoff. Before we get started, you can follow Trial by Reason on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, and visit www.trialbyreason.com. Trial by Reason will judge issues based on five tiers, history, economics, law, philosophy, and science. A greater understanding of these five factors in the American public would allow for better political discussions and agreement on information that is essential to fair political discussion. A controversial topic will be selected each week, and all sides of the debate will be analyzed using the best information possible. Trial by Reason is dedicated to treating each issue as complex and not simply viewing a left versus right solution. I'm not a journalist, and this is not a news podcast, but I will generally refrain from giving my position on most issues. The greatest weapon against tyranny is truth, and I will, to the best of my ability, give you the truth. Trial by Reason will be released weekly on Sundays, with supplemental videos released on YouTube throughout the week. The schedule will be posted on the website, and episode recommendations can be submitted at trialbyreason.com contact. I would also like to make a few things clear about my usage of vocabulary. I will generally refrain from using the terms conservative and progressive because they are rather hard to define. Furthermore, the term liberal can have very different meanings. Liberalism will generally refer to economic classical liberalism or neoliberalism, but I will make clear what I am referring to. I will primarily use leftism and rightism, or democratic and republican, for partisan issues, but issues with many more viewpoints will be divided between authoritarianism and libertarianism as well. The issue of big tech is particularly fascinating for a few key reasons. First off, big tech provides potentially the first time in history in which a third-party entity could truly be more powerful than the government, as they banded together to silence the President of the United States. Secondly, the major proponents of government interference are not Democrats, but rather Republicans. Finally, Silicon Valley was portrayed as the good guys for so long that this drastic shift proved truly surprising. In regards to this issue, there are two primary viewpoints. One, the government has helped big tech to get in the position that it is, which means that government interference must stop. And two, in order for us to truly be free, the antitrust lawsuits need to be filed. Each of these viewpoints has their own merits, but my job is not to provide an opinion. To begin with the first viewpoint, Milton Friedman once said that if you put the federal government in charge of the Sahara Desert, in five years there would be a shortage of sand. While this may be an exaggeration, the federal government has historically not been very good at their job. 
That being said, there is definitely a role for the federal government. Almost every Democrat, Republican, and even some libertarians believe that antitrust laws are necessary for a properly functioning free market economy. The first antitrust law in the United States, the Sherman Act, was enacted in 1890. One of the most famous early proponents of antitrust law was the first truly progressive president, Theodore Roosevelt. The act of breaking up monopolies was pursued vigorously throughout World War II, but a soaring post-war economy led to much lower levels of regulation. Besides the AT&T breakup, trust-busting was scarce throughout the latter half of the 20th century. Since 1999, there have been virtually no notable antitrust lawsuits. Some argue that antitrust laws just aren't being enforced as much as they used to, but this is patently false. In a constantly changing world where work, school, entertainment, and communication are now so simply done from home, it is no wonder that our lives revolve around the internet. As with any other marketplace, there are winners and there are losers in the tech industry. The big five are under constant scrutiny by consumer protection agencies and so-called antitrust activists due to what they consider to be aggressive behaviors, most notably data collection. The question that is posed now, however, is whether any of these actions justify antitrust lawsuits. In order to answer this question, a standard definition of a monopoly must first be established. The dictionary definition goes as follows. A specific market that is controlled by one seller and that has no close substitutes most of the true power comes from suppressing others from entering the market or by providing barriers to entry. In order to decide what to do with modern tech companies, we should first look back in time. While Microsoft antitrust lawsuit is often discussed, an earlier antitrust suit, the AT&T breakup, would provide better historical context. The division of AT&T was largely catastrophic for the telecommunications industry, as well as the American people at the time. Initially, strict regulation by the FCC had helped AT&T reach its particular status by shielding it from many antitrust laws, but the company was later broken up despite this. The consolidation that took place afterwards showed the folly of the established system, which had local exchange carriers on one side and AT&T long lines on the other. After government intervention, it was realized that the vertical integration that AT&T had established was actually necessary for a properly functioning telecommunications company. This was never considered by the federal government in 1982 when this task was taken upon. After the entire ordeal, the end result was rendered meaningless by the introduction of cell phones, which, by the way, were delayed by years as a result of this antitrust lawsuit. There are two major takeaways from this. One, the government has proven itself unable to comprehend how technology works. Secondly, technology evolves so rapidly that the giants of today will be nobodies of tomorrow. We are not living in a world where the same big tech companies will continue to dominate our lives. The technological landscape is constantly changing, and places like MySpace or Yahoo died because they could not keep up. Yahoo is a particularly interesting case. According to Forbes, in 2008, Microsoft offered to purchase Yahoo for $44.6 billion, the largest acquisition that either of the two companies had ever been a part of, but Yahoo declined. The value of Yahoo continued to soar into the hundreds of billions, but by 2017, Yahoo was sold for a measly $4.5 billion, one-tenth of the initial sale value. Yahoo could simply not keep up with the times, and the former king of the internet was knocked off its throne. It wasn't antitrust law that spelled the end of AOL. It wasn't antitrust law that spelled the end to Yahoo. It was not antitrust law that spelled the end of IBM. I can keep going. MySpace, Netscape, etc., etc. The fact of the matter is that tech companies historically either die out or meet the consumer's needs so that there is no necessary intervention from the government. There is a long-established doctrine that states that if you are, in fact, able to achieve your particular growth through good luck or great product, the reason that you got to the point that you are is not because of monopoly status, but rather because you fulfilled a service that the consumers needed. In a market as dynamic as technology, it is no question as to why we have dominant players today, dominant players 20 years ago, and dominant players 20 years from now. Odds are that this market will continue to change. If you wish to break up companies, you should first ask if there are alternative pathways in order to prevent the hassle of dividing an established company. Regarding software, for example, how would the government decide which part of the company gets a particular line of code? Breaking up a company is very difficult to do. 
particularly in a network type industry. In this case, it is difficult to establish independent companies without providing many interconnection agreements. As we have seen historically with telephone companies, turning a monopoly into an oligopoly does not fix the situation, and can arguably make it worse. The true issue lies with crony capitalists who use the iron fist of the government in order to achieve their growth. When discussing issues such as this, you must first establish whether you are pro-business or pro-free enterprise. A true economic liberal understands that intervention by the government in order to achieve a means of a private entity is immoral and interferes with the market in a way that is not capitalist, but rather protectionist. A public servant should not seek to protect special interests at the cost of the working man. Almost every single true monopoly only manages to achieve that status through government help, mostly with lobbying, subsidies, and trade barriers. If we simply let the free market function, antitrust laws would be all but unnecessary. If we push to rake up big tech companies, the remedy would truly be worse than the disease. If you are concerned about your personal data, use a VPN. Write to your senator to eliminate subsidies, eliminate tax breaks, eliminate Section 230, but make clear that these companies should not be broken up. The solution is to let the free market function. Thank you. Moving over to the more interventionist argument, here's why big tech should be broken up. To begin, nearly two-thirds of all Americans believe that big tech's economic power is a problem facing the economy of the United States. Additionally, 59% of all Americans say that they support breaking up big tech monopolies, and 24% feel very strongly so. Perhaps even more interesting is how seemingly nonpartisan the issue is. 70% of Republicans and 59% of Democrats agree on this issue, which is particularly profound. The tech bros have managed to anger everyone, left, right, and center for a wide array of reasons. Those on the left are generally disgusted by what they see as stoking online extremism, while those on the right are disgusted by the ability of big tech companies to censor information. More so, most are concerned that big tech companies avoid taxation and come together to form a system more powerful than the government. In just the last year, the Justice Department filed five separate antitrust lawsuits against big tech. In December, the FTC and 48 state attorney generals filed lawsuits against Facebook alleging that it illegally maintains a monopoly of social media through its acquisition of WhatsApp and Instagram. Facebook is facing three antitrust lawsuits with all three cases accusing the immense company of legally maintaining monopoly status. In 2020, Congress issued a more than 400-page report that alleged that Facebook, Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google, are all engaged in anti-competitive behavior. Five of the most valuable companies in the United States are big tech corporations based in Silicon Valley or Seattle. Lawyers, everywhere from Harvard to Columbia, argue that big tech has gotten too big. Microsoft faced much antitrust scrutiny throughout the 1990s, while Google has been hit multiple times by European antitrust regulations. But in the United States, the public has been mostly distracted by the bright lights that big companies use to distract the consumer. Americans have gotten to see the smartphone constantly improve. They get free online services, they get cheap e-commerce, and fast internet but they often ignore that their data is being stolen right underneath their feet. Big tech companies have been brutalizing suppliers and competitors with a range of immoral tactics, including Amazon's price war against all competitors, a wide array of privacy invasion scandals from Facebook, controversial management of the Apple App Store, censorship of a legitimate newspaper by Twitter, and politically charged search results from Google. Antitrust legislation has been lax for too many years, too long have these companies been able to do as they please without any input by the consumer or by law enforcement. Congressional Democrats are formally committed to pushing for strong antitrust enforcement, and Republicans such as Ted Cruz and Josh Howley see that these monopolies need to be destroyed. Moreover, there has been a cultural shift in relation to big tech. For so many years, Silicon Valley has had a positive image in the public eye. 
they were often portrayed as the good guys of the business world, waging war against the Wall Street elite. Now, however, most have come to see that the East Coast elite are simply being replaced by those on the West. Antitrust laws have been developed over more than 100 years in order to deal with the set of concerns that we are facing today, so it is time to enforce the law. Many issues that we face today are a result of the ignorance of antitrust laws during the second Bush administration, where mergers like Sirius and XM Radio were allowed to take place. Even under the Obama administration, the issue was ignored, mostly due to Silicon Valley's friendliness with the then-president, which poses another issue. Going back to the beginning statistics, a higher percentage of Republicans see big tech as an economic issue than Democrats. While businesses generally lean Republican, we have seen a shift in recent years where tech corporations are more likely to have Democratic ties. This could be due to the location in California, but the shift is highly odd. Al Gore is on the Apple Board of Directors. The COO of Facebook worked for the Clinton administration. Obama's press secretary is a top Amazon executive, and nearly 200 Obama administration officials worked at Google after leaving the government. These numbers are in direct contrast to traditional Democratic beliefs, which strangely leaves Republicans to be leading the fight against big tech. The technology industry as a whole faced a particularly interesting shift in the last few years. According to Columbia law professor and antitrust expert Tim Wu, technology had been largely ignored by regulators because most simply assumed that as an industry, it had to stay competitive. Many believed that as new startups came along, companies of the past would just die out. However, this has simply not been the case. Facebook and Amazon have been two of the most dangerous monopolists as many of their highly anti-competitive acquisitions were not simply ignored. No, there is a sin worse than ignorance. The government allowed these acquisitions to take place. The government was not just ignoring big tech, it is actively helping it. Whether it be through tax breaks, subsidies, or ignoring illegal acquisitions, everyone in Washington has a love-hate relationship with these companies, which begs the question about the ethics of lobbying. But that's a different episode. In conclusion, the censorship of the people, combined with anti-competitive practices, makes it entirely necessary for the government to break up the tech bros in order for our freedoms that are guaranteed by the Constitution to be kept. Thank you. I encourage you to do more research on this topic in order to fully develop your own opinion and be open to opposing viewpoints. All sources used in this episode are available on www.trialbyreason.com. A poll will be posted there in order to measure which side was more persuasive. Check back every Sunday in order to put the issues on trial by reason. Trial by Reason is based in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and is hosted by Benjamin Rodoff. You can contact me at trialbyreason at gmail.com or www.trialbyreason.com contact.